0: The date is Friday, May 9th, 1980. A freighter the size of two football fields, end-to-end, is attempting to navigate the rough seas of Tampa Bay that morning. On a clear, ordinary day, the task would be difficult, but the weather on May 9th made it increasingly more hazardous. The captain, John Laro, must deal with fog, 60-mile-per-hour winds, and rain that makes visibility next to impossible. As Lero approaches the two main piers of the Skyway Bridge, he discovers that the ship's radar has gone out. Lero has to make a decision. If he turns back now towards the shipping channel, he could very likely collide with another ship. If he tries to stay put, he could lose control of the ship and have it flung at the bridge. Lero selects a third option. He aims the summit venture for the two piers of the Skyway Bridge. Lero later testified, calling the maneuver, shooting for the hole." The bow of the ship makes contact with the Bridge Pier 2S at 7.33 a.m. So the are- Lord. On September 6, 1954, the Sunshine Skyway Bridge was opened for public use. If you were a motorist who lived in west-central Florida in the time before the Skyway Bridge, traveling between Pinellas and Manatee counties was one of frustration. St. Petersburg, Florida was an isolated city on Florida's west coast. In order to travel to Bradenton or Sarasota, you would have to take the B-Line Ferry, but the ferry only transported 1,000 cars each day. If you lived in Manatee County, your other option would be driving U.S. 41 North to Hillsborough County and then going across the Gandy Bridge to St. Petersburg. When you get a chance, look at the route on a map. For several years, city leaders from both regions tried to figure out a way to connect. Ideas that had been thrown about included a tunnel or building of a bridge across Tampa Bay. The bridge idea eventually won out. A revenue bond issue from the State Improvement Commission raised $22 million. The Skyway was, at the time of its dedication, the longest unbroken bridge in the United States. The name Skyway was one of 20,000 entries in a bridge naming contest. Virginia Seymour from Indian Rocks Beach provided the winning entry. She also received an engraved watch and a plaque as well. The grand opening took place on the morning of September 6, 1954. Shortly before 9.30 a.m., 500 cars began the first trip from Pinellas, The trip was then repeated from the Bradenton side. By the end of that first day, 15,000 cars had rolled past toll booths to take a trip across the skyway. Tom Harris described his first ride on the bridge as thrilling, quote, "...especially ascending the rise up to the 150-foot high center span. This is more delightful for Floridians than anyone else," he continued. To drive a car above sea level was something natives, unless they lived near Brooksville or Tallahassee, had never experienced before, end quote. The five-degree incline conjured the feeling of going up a roller coaster, wrote historian Bill DeYoung. You go up slow, slow up the side with this feeling of dread, knowing you would go really fast down the other side. You couldn't see anything. It was so steep, end quote. And to add to that feeling of dread, there were no lights on the original bridge. Young continued, that sense of, I'm really out here, I'm hurtling through the universe all alone, and I'm 150 feet over the water. Yeah, it was a little terrifying. At 7.33 a.m. on May 9, 1980, the bow of the summit venture struck Bridge Pier 2S. Sections of the pier began falling down, including parts of Interstate 275. It was in the middle of the Friday morning rush hour. Michael Curtin was behind the wheel of a Greyhound bus with 22 passengers. It was near the end of a journey that had begun in Chicago and was due to end with its arrival in Miami that afternoon. He had been with Greyhound for almost 12 years. Julie Buck went to the Sarasota Greyhound station Friday morning. Her husband Mel was on a Greyhound bus that was due to arrive at 8.25 a.m. They had plans to visit Sarasota to see about the possibility of moving there. Wesley McIntyre was driving his pickup truck through the pouring rain that morning. It was raining very, very hard. I almost decided not to drive across the bridge, but I kept going. McIntyre was on his way to work in a meatpacking plant when the summit venture hit the bridge. As I approached over the high point of the bridge, he said, the whole bridge started to sway. Then when I looked, I could see the ship and the end of the bridge was breaking off. Unable to stop, McIntyre's truck slid across the wet surface and fell. The truck would then hit the ship and bounce into the water. McIntyre managed to escape his truck, swim over to the summit venture where the crewmen there helped him on board with the help of a rope. Dick Hornbuckle managed to bring his white Buick to a stop just 14 inches from the edge. He saw cars and a bus go by him. I was driving very slowly with my flashers on because of the weather conditions. Then I saw the bridge was gone, and I immediately applied the brakes. In one of the most tragic days in Tampa Bay history, 35 people died in the disaster. In 1980, a Marine Board of Inquiry cleared Lero of negligence. The inquiry found that Lero's decision to proceed in zero visibility contributed to the crash, but that many other factors beyond his control also played a role. Lero returned to Tampa Bay in 1981 to help guide ships as a harbor pilot, but his return was to be short-lived. He began having trouble climbing ladders and maintaining his balance. He would be diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Lero once told an interview, life throws you a lot of things that aren't bearable, and you have to find a way to bear them. Lero died in 2002 from multiple sclerosis. He was 59 years old. After the disaster, what remained of the southern span of the bridge was turned into a fishing pier. The lone northern span reverted back to one lane in either direction of the original bridge. A new bridge was designed and named after the then-Florida governor, Bob Graham. The new bridge would be a cable-stayed type, meaning that from the two central towers, cables would be stretched out to help support the bridge deck. The new bridge would be taller, 430 feet in height, as compared to the 150 feet of the original Skyway Bridge. Before the remnants of the old bridge were to be demolished to make way for the new bridge, a ceremony was held. Wesley McIntyre and his wife would be the last people to drive across the original bridge. When they reached the top of the bridge, they stopped the car. They got out and walked to the side of the bridge where they dropped 35 white carnations into the water, one for each person who died in the disaster. The Bob Graham Sunshine Skyway bridge was officially opened on April 20th 1987. this episode of Mr. Walker's History class is dedicated to the 35 Souls we Lost on May 9th, 1980 Michael Curtin Dwayne Adderley Lewis Lucas Jr. Yvonne Johnson Sharon Dixon. Myrtle Brown, Willis Brown, Aubrey Hudson, Phyllis Hudson, John Carlson, Doris Carlson, Tawana McClendon, Charles Collins, Leslie Coleman Jr., James Pryor, John Calloway Jr., Horace Lemons, Gerda Hedquist, Louise Johnson, Melbourne Russell, Robert Harding, Alfonso Blige, Marguerite Matheson, Hildred Deech, Harry Deech, Lillian Lukes, Anne Pondy, Brenda Green, Dolores Smith, Robert Smith, Laverne Daniels. Woodrow Triplet.